Back in here live on a Tuesday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-May, Zan Marquise with you. Stick to sports coming up at 8.45 this morning. We'll get back to the Predators and their win last night in the Motor City. But right now, we talk a little college hoops as we welcome in the head coach of Belmont, Casey Alexander, back with us here on Morning Drive. Coach, how you doing this morning? Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing well. So I'm curious, like... You obviously got Illinois State coming up tomorrow night to tip off your season. Just in general, what what are some of the goals and objectives beyond the obvious of winning uh, when when you've got the the non conference, the non league portion of your schedule early in the year before you head into conference play? Yeah, I, I, the um, objectives really change from beginning to end. You know, we're trying. To, you guys think it's just a bunch of coach speak, but the truth is, we're trying to be as good as we can be today, and then we'll try to be as good as we can be tomorrow, and and in the process, we hope we um, can, we will continue. Hey, Coach, give give us sort of the emotional ride you've been on, and and what it feels like to be where you are today, this close to to doing what you're about to start here. Like, just give us the emotion of it all. Yeah, well, it, it's uh, it's an exciting time for me. Um, you know, obviously, it was you know a, a different off season. You know, taking over a new team, being back at Belmont, um, learning. Uh, learning about my new players and building relationships with them. And, you know, April to November is a long time. And, um, you know, so to kind of see it all come full circle and now we've got a game to play tomorrow, um, you know, on a personal level, I'm just kind of ready to turn the page and, and get to what we came here to do. Now, Coach, I mean, I know it's a long season and, and, and you don't want to, you know, emotions get, get high um, your first game of the season, uh, regardless of who you play. Um, how have you been able to – and you've been at this for a good while now, so you probably have a formula or or a sort of a regimen how you like to get your teams ready. Um, but how have you been able to kind of, you know, kind of calm everybody down, sort of like the calm before the storm? Um, because, I mean, you're a new coach, new place, and I know you want to start off on a good foot just like the players do. Yeah, we do, and, um, and it, it is a challenge. I mean, there's – you know, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of, um, I mean, there's probably some nerves and anxiety and that sort of thing, um, you know, for everybody with a first game, especially considering we've got a tough opponent in Illinois State and it's on the road and uh, all that goes along with that. But, um, you know, I think really you just have to keep your head down and go about your business. And, you know, I, I'm pretty honest with these guys. Um, it's just philosophically I just try to tell them like it is. And in uh, that way I don't have to be missed or motivation or um, – you know, or try to grab at straws from game to game to figure out how to motivate them. It's just, here are the facts, here's what we need to do, and um, let's try to prepare ourselves to go do it. Uh, Casey, as a fan of basketball in this area, just just personally, I think it's really important for, for programs like Belmont to do two things, and that is one, schedule, especially because you guys have been so good, schedule difficult non-conference games against higher-level opponents. you got Boston College this year. you got Alabama. You guys under Rick Bird had no problem playing those games. And then play a bunch of local teams. We know you're going to get Lipscomb a couple times, but you're going to play Western and Middle. You know, TSU is traditionally uh, obviously a big part of this in, in conference. So uh, are those two things that you want to focus on during your tenure, not just this year but, but throughout your, your tenure as a head coach? Well, I, mean, I think we'll stick with that same formula. Uh, it's hard to line your goals and objectives up with the people that you're trying to play because, you know, um, the reality is we're all looking out for ourselves when we're scheduling games. And so, 
um, putting that puzzle together is not easy. Uh, it is important to us that we play good teams. Um, it's important to us that we play local teams. And so we'll continue to do that as long as, uh, as long as our, the stars align and we can make it happen. Casey Alexander, head coach of Belmont, joining us here on Morning Drive. Last year, coach, it was between Belmont and Murray State. I know you you probably don't buy into preseason predictions, but you know you read all the publications, Athlon Sports. They believe it's going to be Belmont, Murray State again. How would you assess the Ohio Valley Conference right now, top to bottom, from what you've seen in a short period? It's uh, a good question, and it's too it is too early to call. I mean, I'm I'm familiar with the league, obviously, but I'm not, I'm not deep enough in at this point. And this team and this team, you know, I think they'll challenge for the league. Or this team and this team, they're going to struggle. Um, I'm just not familiar enough with it. You know, the, the the reason the rankings are where they are are because Belmont and Murray have been at the top uh, for a year. Of us, um, but you know, time will tell if that's accurate or not. I hope that we're I hope that we're where they predict us to be i can tell you that <laughs> now coach only not only do you guys have your your opening game and it's a tough it's going to be a tough outing uh for you for you guys uh, but college basketball is interesting um and, and this is the reason why i love it is because it seems like at the beginning of the year you get all of these teams and the top ranked teams seem to play one another and whether you win or lose i don't think it ultimately affects you because it's such a long season but to have a team like Michigan State, who's ranked number one, play Kentucky, I believe, believe they're ranked two. How good is that? Uh, how important is that for college basketball to get these these top-ranked teams to play one another very early? Well, it's it's definitely important. I mean, you know, you guys uh, you guys know better than anybody. Uh, what people want to talk about right now is uh, football, and mm-hmm. for good reason. I mean, it's a great it's a great thing, and so basketball's not even on the radar for a lot of folks, and. To have those marquee matchups, you know, does bring some attention uh, to the game. And, and you're right; it doesn't. It doesn't for those teams, those Power Five teams. It doesn't really make that much difference because you know, when it's all said and done, they're they're still going to be in the NCAA tournament, probably. If you're talking about the Blue Bloods, um, you know, but it is it does create unique matchups, um, you know. But for guys like us, I can tell you, every game, mm-hmm. every game really matters. Uh, you know, if I mean Belmont's an at-large team last year, and mm-hmm. if if Belmont loses their second game in overtime at Sanford, they don't make an at-large bid. If uh, Nate Moran at Lipscomb makes a three at the buzzer against Belmont, then Belmont doesn't get an at-large bid. So it's easy It's easy to say this is just non-conference, but in reality, it all matters. Coach, always a pleasure. We appreciate the time. Best of luck tomorrow night, and we'll chat again in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it, guys. You got Thanks. it. Casey Alexander, head coach at Belmont. We, we're going to talk with him pretty routinely uh-huh. throughout the course of the year. Exciting if you're a Belmont fan. Obviously, if you're a Lipscomb fan, a little bittersweet, but you like the guy. Um, but I am I just totally making this up that I, people are more interested in basketball this year? Or am I just, is that, am I just living in my own little universe right you now? You mean locally here or nationally? I, I, I guess just... Maybe both. Uh, I think you're. On, I think like, you're totally. So, and maybe onto it. we can discuss this after the break. But like for some reason, well, just think about how much hoops we mm-hmm. talked last spring on this show. Yeah, so, but isn't that more? That's more locally based. I feel yeah. like it's not only just local. And again, I'm you know as John Morant goes, uh-huh. six, he, John Morant went like ten of sixteen last night with like twenty three points for the Grizzlies. He played one of his best games last night. And you know he's a Murray State kid. We just talked to you know the coach of, of the OVC predicted preseason champ. You know. There's a lot of intrigue locally, but I also yeah. think there's more interest in basketball nationally. I, I don't know if there's trickle down from the NBA. Mm-hmm. 
I, I don't, you know, the FBI investigation. I just, there's just so many stories. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up. I just think the teams here in the state are so good with their worth talking about. Yeah, now um, they. And Memphis. You, you, look look at, at Memphis. you look at Memphis, you look at Lipscomb, Belmont. Um, both of them have new coaches. You look at um, Vanderbilt, they have a new coach in Jerry Stackhouse. What uh, Bird is doing, um, not Bird, but um, at, T- at UT. Um, Barnes. Barnes. Coming AUT, off the best season, arguably. The best season. Can, they, can they play to that level or close to that level again in the SEC? So, so you I'm not making a, it up. But, no, you have a bunch okay. of storylines. I think TSU would be pretty good. So you have a bunch of storylines amongst all these teams in the state. I mean, just lifelong diehard Grizzly fan over here. I'm just. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, lifelong. Lifelong diehard. Yeah. And on Go the other Grizz. side of the spectrum, you've got Derek Mason, who never wants to step foot in that city again. Yeah. Did you see Beale Street on Saturday? It was awesome, man. Game there's, day was cool, listen, man. There's nothing wrong with 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 Memphis and Beale Street. <laughs> I'm sure it's a fine city. I just <laughs> I'm had sure a, it's a fine city. I haven't city. had a good experience there. <laughs> Not Bradley we, Beal. We well, went you... eight and eight in that stadium. <laughs> well, like every other year, Jeff Fisher yeah, coaches. We went eight and eight in that stadium, and Pittsburgh still has outnumbered us. That is a Oakland Oakland Raider fans outnumbered us. I, okay? Listen, it looked good on TV on Saturday night when they smoked oh, SMU. It looked man. good, but that, that stadium. Stadium was packed, but that stadium is a dump. I know that it is, stadium but is a man, dump. When that SMU game, Memphis great. game, looked awesome. I, I don't think there was an empty seat in I've, the house. And I've never seen it like that, man. Yeah, it's just like a Titans game. That was better than a Titan game. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> Stick to sports coming up at eight forty-five. We'll get back to the Predators at eight thirty. Uh, we'll continue the college hoops conversation when we come back. One versus two, three versus four. Good or bad for the sport? That's next on Morning Drive. Big doubleheader tonight in the world of college basketball. If you're a hoops junkie, this is right up your alleyway tonight at 6 o'clock. Number three, Duke. Number four, Kansas at Madison Square Garden. Followed in the same venue by number one, Sparty. And number two, Kentucky. With some college football rankings. In between. Sandwiched in the middle. Listen, I, I'm, I, I have not been this excited to watch an opening night of college basketball in quite some time. Now, I also don't think we've ever in the history of the sport had the, four, the top four teams in the same building, right? Like, I don't think we've ever had each of the four teams that were one through four. I also think, is this true? Maybe, Marquise, you can double check this. I think it's the first time in history we've had one versus two AP college basketball and one versus two AP college football in the same week. Whoa, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's a really good that. I never thought about that. Think about that. I'm not sure we've ever had that before. We can check, I'm sure, in our massive and well-compensated stats and information department back there. Yes. Named Munson. Hundreds of people just behind the scenes yes. crunching the data. Do- dozens. Dozens of people. I'm going to give you a take. You guys want to take? Oh, I love Wait, takes. Go ahead. Let me give you two takes. Almond Brothers are good? No. Mm. Okay. Number one. Michigan State's going to hammer Kentucky tonight. Oh yeah, that's the truth. I think Ca- I think Cassius Winston, big night. He might that's be the best the player truth. in the entire country. Number two, truth. I think we get a really, really good one between Kansas and Duke. And I've already, I'm already second guessing. I've already bet on these games. Oh, you're so sick and twisted. But I'm already doubting my Duke pick. Duke feels like too much of an obvious pick. I took Duke, and I already hate it. What? Why? I don't know. Just, it just why are why are all your bets that you've made this week? You're yeah. not going back on them. You're what going back on the over under. What are you scared of, man? Yeah, you you bet the over. I need to buy a dog. Bama. I'm scared. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, I mean, Michigan State probably it because Langford was hurt a lot yes, he's last out. year. He's out tonight. Uh, he's out tonight. Yep. But I mean, goodness. But the, you don't think with, the guy who's Langford, gambling knows about all this with stuff? With Langford and Winston, <laughs> they probably have one of the best, if not the best, backcourt in the country. Is Cassius Winston guys. the first pick in the draft this year? You think? Uh, no, I, don't, I don't. He's think not. He's, M- it's not the NBA raw upside. No? Yeah, he's. He, he reminds he, me of that guy who gets picked like eleventh and has like a fifteen-year career. He reminds me of. Um, the next Gosh. great spur? No, he reminds <laughs> me of, um, why am I forgetting his name? They play for the Pistons with the point guard for the Pistons. Chauncey there. Billups? Chauncey Billups. He reminds yeah. me of Chauncey Billups. Chauncey probably was a better scorer than Cassius Winston. And Maybe bigger, a little too. bit bigger, yeah. but they remind me so much of, of, of one another. He's Billups a, was yoked. Yeah, he's a great floor general, and he scores. Right. He has that sort of lazy game. Where, you know, you look up and he has 20-some points, but it don't look like it. He can take over a game, as he has shown. But I don't think, like you said, his NBA upside, he'll still get drafted. I think he'll still be a first-rounder. The way way he feathers the throttle uh on his game is absolutely a thing of beauty to watch. He can can come. It's like like, he he picks it up and he slow it down. It's like a motorcycle. It's all under control. Yep. 100%. 100%. He feathers I mean, the throttle. I yeah. like that. Yeah, you feather the like throttle, that. right? It just feels good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you want to feather my throttle? Whoa. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's relaxing. No, I we don't want to do we that. We didn't go that far, I do Nick. not want to touch your throttle. Meanwhile. Why? Nick, why you always got to go he, there? And here's a, this this will <laughs> oh, tick off Kentucky fans. Oh. Doing a little due diligence on the Cats last night. Really only four players back from last year's team that logged meaningful minutes. That's more than normal, right? Yeah, is that more is. than normal? Because <laughs> it feels Higgins, like, you know. Montgomery, Richards, and Quickly. Cal always reloads. Yeah. But I, I feel like Izzo's got far more proven commodities at this point at this point of the year right now. Oh, I mean, listen, Izzo's the better coach. All right? Absolutely. It's, it's not even close. I agree. So even though if you lose the bet, <laughs> Derek, you have to come yeah, in and on the show say, come in and, you know. hey, Calipari's the greatest coach of all time, which I think will be funny to hear you say. Yeah. Because I'm not going to mean it, but I got to say it. Uh, but no, I mean they don't I, have I any mean, returning starters, right? Is Hagen's can Hagen's considered a returning might starter. Be the only returning sort of starter. I mean, he didn't even average over ten points. He uh, I think seven Richards last year. Yeah, I think Richards is banged up too. He's not healthy. I mean, Reed Travis, P.J. Washington, Kelton Johnson, Tyler Euro, all gone. All gone, man. This is that's a, four double digit but, scores I mean, off listen, last year. Yep. He, every year he's brought in you know these five star recruits. And they're ranked number two for a reason. Um, so yeah. they are a good team. But he's, he's just a therapist. Yeah. That's all. He's a team psychologist. He's not a basketball coach. Yeah, so, but and, I, and I mean that in a will, complimentary way. I, I think Mississippi State will boat race them tonight. I'm with, I'm with you. With you. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's – and, and, What are you, like 11? <laughs> 1987? Um, and, and Casey Alexander's right. For those teams, it doesn't matter as much. Could it be, yeah. a, could it be a resume win that gets you the difference between a one-seed or a two-seed at the end of the year? Maybe. But that's the, 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 the most that's at stake tonight is that sort of thing. Remember, was it last year that – was it who, was it Duke that smashed Kentucky last year by like 100 points in this matchup? Mm-hmm. And then as at the end of the year, as they got closer to the end of the year, Kentucky got significantly better and, you know, all this stuff. And so it's it's just – to me, it's just theater. Enjoy it. Like, sit back and enjoy Man. it and start to get to know these Kentucky players because you know they're all brand-new faces. And it, that's the other problem college basketball has in general as a sport is you've got – it takes so much time for you to get to know these players, but by the time you do, the tournament's over. And it's like, oh, I just got to know so-and-so, and he's a great player, but now he's gone. Mm-hmm. They have out of their – how many guys are on the roster? 15? You get 13 12 scholarships. 13? 12 or 13 scholarships. 13. 
seven of the 13 are freshmen, like never played a lick of college basketball. Yeah, that's, that's Calipari. But usually Cal has a, even though he has freshmen coming in, it's always usually a good mix of guys that have played considerable minutes. Well, the la- year last year he had a lot of sophomores. It's what, it's what, it's what made P.J. Washington, who I think was a sophomore, and Reed Travis, uh-huh. the senior, as front court players, it's what made that team a little different. Exactly. Is that they had now on their championship team in 2012, what was it, Darius Miller? Um, I, I want to say was his name. They had a couple, two or three guys that were veterans on that team. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and Anthony Davis. They were the stars, and they're the ones who you know are the main cogs in that team. But they had a couple guys that made really big shots and played critical moments. Um, the other name that, that like, I forgot, it's almost like I've forgotten that he'd come back to basketball mm-hmm. is Trey Jones at Duke. Yeah, he he is one of statistically one of the best point guards that has ever played in the ACC. He came back After, exactly what I thought. I was Good like, Lord. wait a second, Trey Jones. He so he's he can't shoot to save his life. No, but the guy from an assist to turnover ratio, how he runs a team, you know that that Duke team with him at the point, they're going to have a bunch of great young freshmen as well. Th- that Trey Jones, like Trey Jones, is one of those names where you go, man, I didn't even realize he was still playing in college, but he's back for his sophomore year. You know who he reminds he's me a of? Great player, Chris Duhon. Mm. Great floor yeah. general, great assist to turnover ratio. Not a great shooter, and and Mike but Sh- a leader. And Mike Shashevsky has said Trey Jones might be the best defensive on ball defensive player he's ever had. Which think about the on ball defensive players they've had, right? With um, uh, with Wojciechowski, but who was the other guy? Um, obviously back Bobby Hurley. Who was the? Why am I drawing a blank? Woj? The point. The point. No, the point guard that won the uh, national Williams. title recently. William, not no, Williams. the not uh, the white guy. I can't remember his name. Uh, guy who could score too. He played point guard anyway. Paul Paulus. That's another one, but he wasn't that good. He went. He, oh, the guy that kept on getting the foul. Yeah, not Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. Uh, the, a different white Duke player. <laughs> well, they're all white and they're all annoying. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they're all good. I'll remember. <laughs> Basically, Trey Jones is arguably the best defensive player he says he's ever had at that position, which is saying a lot, and he's back. So, like, he's a guy that people might know because he actually played last year and is a star this year. Winston is a guy people know because he was a star last year and he's back. There's just not a lot of guys. It takes you a while to get to know these teams. I wonder, Ken, because to me it's sort of a wide-open SEC. Uh, I think Kentucky's favorite to win the SEC uh, with Florida second to LSU. But I wonder if Auburn... Bruce Pearl. Mm. I mean, that team was good last year. Can we just fast forward to the to tournament at Bridgestone? The, I'm ready. They got to the final. What did ready? they get to? The Elite Eight or the Final Four last? Final Four. Oh, they, final lost, four they, yeah. they lost because yeah, they fouled yeah. the Virginia player exactly. in the corner for three, three on uh, a three point shot. Yeah. Um, so can Bruce Pearl get that team back? I mean, if anybody can do it, he can. Because yeah. to me, he's. I mean, he can sell water to a whale. <laughs> Talk a dog off a meat truck. Exactly. Uh, I'd like Florida to win the conference this year. So in, in the Athlon magazine, we've got Auburn as an eight seed going into the tournament, NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Kentucky is a one. Uh, we've got Mississippi State. Um, let's see here. Te- they got Tennessee as, an, as a nine seed. Alabama as an eight seed. Mississippi State as a ten seed. Florida as a two seed. Um, and Memphis, of course, is predicted to be pretty darn good. I know they're not in the SEC, folks, so don't tweet me. Um, so the, the the SEC's got a lot of teams, but no, like it's basically two at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what do you make of LSU? We've got them as a five seed. I, you know, that's a team that went through so much the last couple of years. Like I still don't understand how 
how their coach is employed. Like, I still don't understand that. Any but, wiretaps lately in Baton Rouge? I, I don't, I, 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 don't I don't understand how he's still employed. Mm. I, I don't get it. It's not because he's a bad guy or whatever. I just don't, like... How he survived that right, scheme. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, that was that's bo- mind-boggling he just, how he, he survived. He just sat at a press conference and just lied to everybody. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Well, he's I, winning, I guess. I that's what... You can lie, but it's if all that matters. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's like regular garden variety cheating in college basketball, and then there's like you've you're, you're paying like a backup guard, and we have you on tape. Like, mm-hmm. dude, what are you talking about? How are you? St- I don't that know. that wasn't my voice. <laughs> that wasn't my <laughs> right, voice. That's, that's not me. That's not me. There was. But you not just a transcript. said your name. It's no, not that's, a not me. that's not me. Uh-uh. Nope. Stick not me. to sports coming up at 845 this morning. Coming up next, <laughs> we'll get back to the Predators. Big win for them last night in dominant fashion after the first 20 minutes. And also a couple of things that have really stood out. Some really, really positives. And one guy that I'm a little down on. We're back after this on Morning Drive. Now Benino with Grimaldi and Smith. Bilpula kicked out of the faceoff. Minute 57 gone. Faceoff one back to Hamus. His shot tipped into the net. And the Predators have tied it up two minutes into the second period. And now it is Kyle Turris moving and shoring. Kyle Turris swept the puck at the net. And it goes in over the glove of Jimmy Howard. 2-1 Nashville at 5-32. Ellis. Looks up to center ice. Brought down by Colton Sissons. His shot. He scored. Colton Sissons rifles one by. The Predators take a 3-1 lead. They have three goals in a span of four minutes, 34 seconds. Buck held in the zone. Johansson battling down the right board. Berlini was there with him. Up the right side. Perose. And now a shot at a score by Matt Duchesne from just inside the blue line. 4-1 Nashville at 7.36. Here's Forsberg, the shot stopped. Rebound right off the goalpost. No, they say it went in. Matt Duchesne. Nashville, his second of the game on the power play is for number 95, Matt Duchesne. Forsberg, half court. Briosi at the point. Return to Forsberg, who comes out near the point. Now from the circle, he scores. What a ripper. He really let that one go. <laughs> Power play goal for Philip Forsberg. And that's going to do it. The Nashville Predators win this one here tonight. 6-1. And that is, of course, how it sounded on the Predators Radio Network. ESPN 102.5 The Game last night. Pete Weber with the call as the Predators dismantle the Detroit Red Wings 6-1. Detroit jumped out to an early lead about three minutes into that contest they were up one zip after 20, but then the Predators said, you know what, all right, you stink, we're good, we're going to flip the switch, and you've got no shot. 6-1, Predators win. Two goals for Dutchie, a goal for Bones. Dutchie. Did I miss any other nicknames? Forsberg, um, Sissons, Turris. Yeah, by, by the way, John Shire is the name I was thinking of for Duke. I don't know if anybody remembers that guy or not. Oh, yeah, that white dude. Yeah, uh, 19 points on a natty national title team, I believe. Um, listen, it, Get the Red Wings sort of weird statistical thing off your back a little bit, right? Peter Laviolette's got a terrible record against the Detroit Red Wings. Darren was talking about it yesterday on the show with us. Just had to get that sort of eliminated there. We do have a developing situation, though, as it pertains to do the we? National Predators power play. Yes, oh. yes, we do. Um, they scored, what, two more goals last night on the power play? We now have a parody account on Twitter that involves Nick Hale's Dan Lambert back tattoo. Ah, so we have a Twitter account now titled DL Back Tattoo. That's at DL underscore Tattoo, who's now tweeting pictures of hairy, shirtless men with pictures of Dan Lambert's face 
all over the different parts of the body. Here's a major problem I have mm-hmm. with this. First of all, I love you, Nashville audience. You guys are spectacular. You gave us Chase McCabe as Keith Urban. Yes. One night. That's where it started. That's where it's, And it was one of the most exactly. fantastic <laughs> days of my personal life, personally. <laughs> the birth of my children. Um, you know, <laughs> that's like probably number one. Number uh-huh. two is when Chase McCabe looked like he was, was photoshopped in, into Keith Urban's body. Um, uh, this is spectacular. This is great. I love the, the, the fact that our audience took it upon themselves to create a Dan Lambert back tattoo Twitter account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is just fun to say. The, the problem is, is you need to spell tattoo correctly. You know, tattoo you is that one word that tattoo. if I do um, text it out or type it out. I have to recheck it <laughs> just for some reason. Yeah, like, I think I it's enough, a simple word. It's I a very enough, simple word. Tat, T A T, two, T O O. Yeah. Did I put enough T's, T's in this? <laughs> you know, my, or add another O? <laughs> I, I'm with Nick. That one's, I don't think you have too many excuses on tattoo. Um, I can't spell necessary. Yeah, that's another. Can't spell necessary to save but my life. But no one should have any excuse now because what you do is you just push that little button and know, say tattoo or necessary. Well, now it's on and your it comes out. Now it's on your emails too. Like you remember uh-huh. it finishes yeah. your sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it finishes your sentence, you just hit tab and like the whole sentence is finished for you. Pretty soon we're just going to think things into our phone and it'll send a text message. And we're close. You know what it, you know what it really is going to be? Matt, think about this. I was thinking about this the other day. I, I told my wife and she looked at me like I was crazy, so you guys will probably do the same thing. Oh, you are. Yeah. I, you know what texting is going to be in the future? You're just going to look at like five emotions, like on a on a screen. It's mm-hmm. going to say like happy, snarky, fun, see you later, right? And you're just going to like look at that, and it'll write the sentence for you well, and you send know. it to you because it'll make it grammatically correct, it'll make it spelled correctly, and it'll make it like the exact emotion you want to portray to the other person mm-hmm. without you having to to write anything. Well, you know, that, you know, what I'm, does that make no, sense? No, no, no. They have that technology already. If um um. ALS patients. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. When they've get when they've gotten to a point, uh, because uh, you know, I first got introduced to what it can do to your body through OJ Brigant in in Baltimore. It was a you know this is a guy that I played against, a guy that was when I got there, great guy, family guy. He was running with us, working out with us, everything, and then all of a sudden it all just stopped. But when he got confined to a wheelchair and he couldn't talk. He had this computer where he just looked. It it went by your eyes. Mm-hmm. He just looked at it, and it basically it spelled out everything, and then the voice kind of said everything it needed to say. So the technology is there. Yeah, I just like I can see the future where we're sitting and we we pick up a phone, we look at our phone, and it's like a, instead of having letters on the keypad, it's just going to uh-huh. be like emotions. Yeah, like and right. Derek will text me something. And I'm just going to go, well, I want my response to be kind of snarky, mm-hmm. kind of stupid, you know, funny, and also, like, let him know tomorrow at 9 a.m. Uh-huh. And, and, like, I'm just going to look at those four things on my keypad, and it will write the entire text to me, and it will make me look as good as possible. Right? Like, Because yeah, yeah, right. yeah. no one can spell or, 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 or no one's got good grammar. I think I might have just said that incorrectly. <laughs> no one uses Come grammar on. well. I don't even yeah. know. There we go. Um, if you want to read about ALS, by the way, check out uh, Addie Barkin. He's... Mm-hmm probably the most powerful activist right now in the country and you want to read mm-hmm. some more about ALS check that out also the Preds power play was pretty good last night yeah two power play goals last <laughs> night Benino's on fire all of a sudden he's an offensive juggernaut eight goals uh, four assists he's now sitting on 12 points on the year 
Yossi Ellis, Duchesne, Bones, your top four scorers. Turris got to go with. Let, let me ask you this, though, because mm-hmm. we mentioned this in the, the first half of the show, the first 30 minutes. Is Mikael Granlund becoming the Turris of this year? Demoted basically to the fourth line last night. Ten straight games without a point. Mm. And I, and I kind of went in on him a little bit earlier in the show where I'm like, all right, you're, you've been here for almost a half season worth of games. I, I just feel other than maybe four or five games, I don't notice the guy out there. Yeah, 31 games so far with the Preds, regular season. Obviously, there's some playoff games in there, too. But, but I, I don't know if that's enough time to make a judgment on a player yet. But your point is totally valid. Craig Smith is also in this conversation with one goal through 16 games. It's the highest-scoring team that the Preds have ever had, and Craig Smith, a former goal scorer, is not scoring goals. Um, doesn't mean he's not contributing, but those are the two guys with expiring contracts at the end of the year, and I don't think you can keep both of them and still pay Roman Yossi his new contract. So I, I, both of those guys should feel the, a sense of urgency, I would imagine, to, to regain a new contract. I, oh, what, I wanna, what I'm trying to figure out is – uh, and maybe because they're just two different type of players. And you t- you just brought up Mikael Granlin, um, but then you look at Duchesne, and it seems like he hasn't had any step back by joining it. it he joined a new team, and it's just kept going. And then you see guys like Turris and, and Granlin, who was players at their other teams or did well, and then they get here, and it's taking them some time to kind of get things going. I, I don't understand that. But, I, I, but really I, also, I also don't want to hear the, well, Granlin was on the second line. Like, Granlin's had success by association on that second line because of Duchesne and Forsberg. I don't think that Granlin's really contributed to that great second line to start the year, or even if it's technically yeah, the first line. Yeah, I mean, he, he was pretty good for the first four or five games, so I'm not going to knock him on that. But, but your, your 10 points, 10 games without a point to your, is exactly the same kind of thing we would have seen out of Kyle Turris last year so I think it's a totally valid question again I think it's interesting because you're going to need all these pieces to win a cup but you're not going to have all of them next year and so if you're if you're Granlin or Smith you're fighting for a new contract whether it's with the Predators or somebody else you've got to go out and prove yourself right like these guys don't have a paycheck next year I mean they're going to get jobs but like who and where and how much is all very much up in the air for them for the futures of their career so um, I, I think that's an interesting development. Now, I would assume Granlin will pick up, and I'm assuming Benino will slow down. I think mm-hmm. that's sort of regression to the mean there for both of them. Um, Matt Duchesne is just a far better player, I think, than both of those guys. Yeah. I, I mean, they've always been covet, they've always coveted Matt Duchesne way more than they coveted Kyle Turris or, oh, sure. or Mikhail Granlin. So I think it's hard to compare the $8 million you know, prize possession to sort of a guy they got in a trade deadline. <laughs> you know, like, and that's Granlin there. Turris is a guy they decided... We're going to give you six million dollars a year. That that's a lot of that's a lot of money. So um, I don't think moving Turris makes as much sense if you think he's going to be productive the rest of the year. Maybe you get rid of the contract at the end of the season. We have developments on the Dan Lambert back tattoo Twitter handle. Yes, he has tweeted us. He said, "There are you happy now?" He changed the actual Twitter handle at with the two T's. Right, which is good. But the header above still has one T. His title is still in his title is wrong, and the title is what you see normally. So. No, I'm not happy now. Dan Lambert back tattoo. Okay. <laughs> Dan, Dan Lambert back tattoo. I'm not happy with you. Do better. DL back tattoo. And I'll tell you what, if they keep getting two power play goals a game, I'm well on my way to some fresh. Are ink. You, are we, here's there the question, Derek. How serious are we holding him to this? Oh, oh no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I swear to God, no, I will get it done. You will get a tattoo? Yeah. yeah. This is, I will get it done. 
this you know this you're not supposed real. to drink before tattoos right like it's very bad because your blood thins out yeah, like you're not matter. supposed to get have a shot i mean we're at a matter. point now where there is no walking it back once willie donick says on exactly. a on fox sports <laughs> tennessee <laughs> says, on television yeah. that he brings it up do we I, do we have the audio of that i don't i requested uh, it but we didn't get it but I will say, don't do not get the DL tattoo because I don't want people to look at it and be like, "Oh, you like DL Hughley? Is that your is this your favorite comedian? Is that why no, you got no, the no. DL?" No, no, no. It needs to be Boy, either on the down low. It neither it, it neither <laughs> it either needs to be. I don't know. <laughs> it has to be. I think it needs to be Dan Lambert's face. I think it has to be Dan. No, Lambert's I'm not. I'm not doing a face. What if it's a really tiny face? No, I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll do initials. Well, no, face. initials doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Well, we it, said, we for those said, that know, they'll know. I, how about this? How Dan. about How about the Preds power play percentage? I'll get DL like, and then the percentage. How about the old school, like, a heart with Dan in the middle of it with the bow and arrow going through it, like right on you your just, chest? You just settle down. How about that? <laughs> I think it needs to be a, a DL with the power play percentage at the minimum. Because then you know what's going to happen the rest of your life. People are going to be like, what the hell does that mean? And you're going to be like, yeah, the Preds hired this one coach one time, and uh, the power play got good. And so I got a tattoo. <laughs> All right, that's I, it. We're I done. I was going to say, I don't have enough time, but I thought Ryan L. was so, showing some physicality last night was important. I think, yes. I think he's going to need to do that the rest of the season if he doesn't want people taking advantage of him in the corners in the playoff. like to see him mixing it up a little bit last night. Stick to sports. Coming up next here on Morning Drive. It is morning drive, ESPN one oh two five. That's your girl, ain't the it? game. Ain't that your girl? Your my Whitney is basically or Mariah's my Whitney. Okay. Yeah. Not that I'm anti Whitney. He plays just, he, you know. he plays Almond Brothers and you two just stare at your phones. Yeah. He plays Mariah and you that's guys right. start dancing you like damn children. right. Dude, Mariah Carey Christmas so albums. That's uh. gonna be in heavy rotation in oh, about three of weeks. Of course. Of course. They played I forget it was it was a commercial yesterday. It was a Christmas commercial yesterday, and I said, oh, here we go. The Christmas commercials are starting to come around What day now. is today? November 4th? 11 yeah. November 5th? Yeah. Don't tell me the war on Christmas is happening, okay? Oh, Christmas, Christmas starts the day yeah, after Halloween. Exactly. Chris, Christmas is swallowing every day and every month of the year. Yeah, no, yeah. Whoever, whoever's fighting the war on Christmas is I losing felt, badly. But you know what? I felt good when that commercial came on. War on Christmas I felt crap. good because it was a fireplace. See? It was nice and warm. See? I felt good. I need yeah. to turn on my fireplace. Trying to sell you something? I don't know what they were trying to sell. I yeah. just know I wasn't. I oh, and then it. John Legend and Kelly Clarkson are supposed to remake Baby It's Cold Outside. So John, that'll be John, coming out soon. John Legend's mm. Christmas album from last year? Nothing beats Dude, Mariah is. Carey's Christmas album. Oh, better than John Legend? Well, you yes. could have stopped at Nothing Beats Mariah Carey. Yeah. You only have to Dude, John Legend. Oh, and the, uh, Temptations Christmas album? That was pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah, it's hard to argue. Man. That, that was I'm just, I'm just saying, I put Legend's Christmas album up against anybody's. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty damn good. Be right, but, it's pretty good, dude. But Mariah's band. All, all I know is my wife likes it a lot. So. Really, really quickly, before we get to stick to sports, our buddy Johnny, hardcore listener, big Preds fan who lives in Canada, sends a tweet. He says, see, unlike Nick Hale, I make safe proclamations. Like, if the Preds win the Stanley Cup, I'll buy an authentic jersey with a player's name who scored the winning goal. So what if Matt Irwin wins the Predators the Stanley Cup with a goal? And he gets a Matt Irwin it's very jersey. very unlunkly. Boy, Johnny, yeah. don't I get too Matt, crazy. I love Stay, Matt. Yeah, that's Johnny. Oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's, that's not, not a, crazy and wild. Yeah. That's Johnny. Wait, let, me, let me imitate Johnny for you. Hey, D-Mace, Friday night, me and you hit up the bars in Canada. I'm going to rock my Matt Irwin jersey. <laughs> Let's get dangerous. <laughs> Let's have two Grown drinks. Grown men Let's have not two drinks. wear jerseys in public. Let's have two drinks. 
The world is a crazy place. Crazy sounding pretty good right now. Let's lighten the mood. After all that seriousness, <laughs> you're just going to crumble it up and throw it in the trash. Basically. And stick to sports. Now, on Morning Drive. STS DMACE BTYB. It's brought to you by Decorated Dan's Interior. Stick with the pros at Decorated Dan. When you're ready to decorate your home, office, or outdoor spaces, request a complimentary appointment, which is free in this world. Online at decoratingden.com. Number one. All right, so I got a list of broadcasters that's pretty much the voice of my childhood. You have the Marv Alberts. You have Jim yes. Jim Ross from wrestling. So that was a voice of my childhood. Vince Scully you know, growing up in California. But also Kevin Harlan. Now, Kevin Harlan last night had to call. He had a Macklin call. It was the call of what? the black cat. Bray, just, just An immaculate call? Yeah. Okay. Just, just let, just let me finish, Brad. Thank you. Appreciate that. Stu is so, right. <laughs> so Kevin Harlan had a call on the black cat running on the field, and here was his legendary call. Oh, there's a cat! A black cat has taken the field. A black cat is running from the twenty to the near side, the ten. From the 39 in Dallas, here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Caught at the 35, went to the 30. Now the cat running the other way, and so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25, to the 24-yard line of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a catch and run of 15. Now the cat is stopped at the 50. So is it bad luck for the Giants? Is it bad luck know. for the Cowboys? I don't know, but they've stopped playing. The players with hands on hips are watching the cat run and zigzag all over the field. The black cat is at the other end of the field. Now he is sitting <laughs> and looking now he's at the five. He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW people who get it now. A policeman, a state trooper has come on the field. And the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive. Kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at they're trying to corner him. And they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands. And the fans are running for their line. Now it goes back on the field again. And it's running in the back of the end zone. And it runs up the tunnel. <laughs> what a legend. Kevin oh, Harlan, wow. what a legend. You got to love Kevin. <laughs> what a stud. You got oh, to be able to paint the picture he, on radio, right? Yeah. Didn't he do the, was it was it a, somebody that ran onto the field a couple of years ago or last year? Then he had an unbelievable call when there was like a, a fan on the field. Mm-hmm. And he gave the whole. It was like a Monday night. Monday night, he gives the great call, and then all of a sudden, like the, somebody tackles him, and he gives the whole call of like the guy getting crushed. Like he's great, man. He is he's so underrated yeah. from the standpoint of like never being a number one, really, for any network because he's always been the number two on TNT mm-hmm. for hoops behind Marv Albert. He's never been the number one for the NFL on CBS because Jim Nance has a stranglehold on every number one position with CBS. I, I think Kevin Harlan is one of the best announcers. Nobody gives credit to. Uh, I, I'll, can I add one to that list? Because I agree with you. Um, I'd like to add Dan Shulman to that list. Yes. I think Dan Shulman, who does baseball for ESPN Radio, I think. Um, what does he do on TV? He does TV stuff, too. College hoops. He is exceptionally him and, uh Him and Dickie V are he, the, yeah. the primetime crew. And I don't, I can't really listen to Dickie V anymore. I guess no. that's just me. But like, I think Dan Shulman is extraordinarily smooth. Like he's, think, just got, he's just got velvet, like, velvety pipes. Yep. Like growing up watching basketball, I have, and this may sound crazy, but I have more memories of Kevin Harlan than I do Marv Albert. And this is for me just from a basketball standpoint. Because your age probably. Like I grew yeah. up, so my childhood was entirely Marv Albert. But as a Knicks fan in the late 80s, early 90s with Patrick Ewing and those teams, like I was Marv Albert like John John Tesh was playing in the background. Da, 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 like yeah, that's Marv Albert and NBA John Tesh, on NBC. Baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I would actually say to the to your point about Dickie V, I've always thought that Bill Raftery was the better analyst than Dickie V. Now both have shtick, but I like Raftery's shtick far better than Dickie V. I just think Dickie V's has gotten a little old. Yeah, it's the, like Dickie V's like Chris Berman. Like, like the one his thing, shelf life is yeah. expired. The one thing Lee I Corso. don't like either is when they do that crossover with like college guys go to the NBA and NBA guys go to college and Dickie V's calling like an NBA game. Mm-hmm. It's awful. You, you know who's really good that I love Jeff Van Gundy. I love Jeff. Jeff and Mark together are just with, amazing. With Breen, one of the smartest guys I listen to, uh, Hubie uh, Brown, best is, analyst of ever. That, that, ever. That, like I learn more about the sport. When I listen to him, and so when he does it, I think he was a part of that crossover for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's a part of it anymore, but he would do a college basketball game, and I would almost learn more about the college basketball game with him doing the game than with, like, Dickie V or any of the other college basketball guys. Now, Billis is really good. Billis does a great job. Yeah. Another one real quick. <laughs> That's funny. Bill Walton. Oh, man. You never know what Bill's going to say. Dude, he's never... He you guys, knows. you guys think I don't shut up? As I te- as I pedaled my bike through the streets of China, I was amazed at how the country has adopted Yao Ming and the Houston Rockets as not only the team of the century, but the team of an entire nation. Yao Ming, bless your soul. Uh, another missed three by Arizona. UCLA up five in the second half. <laughs> like that's the that's the rain he goes on in the middle of an Arizona UCLA basketball game. <laughs> He's did, talking about Yao Ming in China. Did, did you guys hear the story of Bill Walton with his back? No. Dude, Bill Walton was, like, laid down on his back for multiple years. Yeah, that's bad. Like, he had, like, the worst back in the history of backs. Oh, wow. Well, he had the history of backs. <laughs> like, just like read, the the story, of read the, the story about, like, it, like, that's why ever. he was off TV all those years. His well, health he, was so bad, he couldn't get out of bed. Well, that was why he wasn't, he didn't have a longer career. Yeah. Right? On the on the court, is that yeah. he, he had a bunch of injuries. One of the best outlet Number two passers ever. <laughs> There you go. He's a great deadhead. Too. Is he one of the best big men passers ever? Outlet passers off the rebound. Derek, Derek was the only one allowed, was alive watching him in, at UCLA. Probably. Uh, I never he was would, a big Bill Walton fan. He, he I would never catch, really was. He would catch the rebound and have it ha- at half court before he even came down. He was amazing. Mm. All right. So I'm going to ask you two questions. Were you guys fans of The Walking Dead? Yes, loved no. it. Did not. I can't say I wasn't a fan. I just never watched it. So I watched. This is weird. I watched almost all of it, and am not really a huge fan. All right, spent a lot of time on it though. So then, question number two: <laughs> Would Mike Leach be able to survive mm. The Walking Dead? Oh, of course, of course. <sighs> what What would Mike Leach's character? You, so you know Walking Dead, then Derek. Yeah. You know all the characters. Wh- which character is Mike Leach? Oh man. Well, before you, I'll let you think about that. Let's let's hear from Mike Leach talking about <laughs> zombie apocalypse. And obviously, I'd want to blast a couple just to see how that comes together. But I actually <laughs> think a zombie apocalypse. I would die of boredom before anything else. I think you know some of my neighbors would start shooting zombies. Okay, here's another one. Okay, there's another one. All right, another one. Another zombie. Oh, okay. Um, you know, this is a really ugly zombie. Wow, pretty attractive for a zombie. And then, but I find zombies to be the most boring of the monsters because everything with zombies is redundant. So you basically have dead bodies walking around that get parts chopped off and then continue to walk around to some degree. And it's pretty undefined what it takes to kill a zombie. You just no, keep chopping not. away at them, evidently. You know, here's a zombie. All right, we we chopped him. Okay, now get the other zombie. Okay, boom, and you know the. 
the ash or decayed flesh flies somewhere. So after somebody's killed three zombies, I mean, it's all the same to me. It's like, and then you wait there for an hour and a half. I've been kind of waiting for the zombie thing to run its course, go back to vampires or something that's far more captivating or something that's not quite a science fiction, even like an old Frankenstein or something. Or ghosts, you know, the poltergeist thing. And ghosts are kind of fashionable now, and hopefully they'll overtake the zombies. Fashionable. All right, oh, first of all, it's goodness. very defined how to kill a zombie. It's just Shoot right, in, yeah. right through the head. Like it's right very between it's clearly the eyes. De- all right, so here let me let me let me throw this out there because of course it goes to college football. Ne- Negan is Urban Meyer. Does that sound right, Derek? You know the characters. Uh, so Negan is the old guy yeah. later in the seasons that Negan, ran the yeah, Negan is Urban Meyer. Yeah, he's just the, he's ruthless. Nick Saban is Rick Grimes. Yeah. Saban's got to be the main character. So who the hell is Mike Leach? Is he's, he Daryl? He's Eugene. No, he's, he's Eugene. Eugene, the scientist? You're yeah, right. Yeah, because he's so smart. He's Eugene. <laughs> That's, That's right. him. He's just, he talks. Switch sides. Yeah, the way he talks is just <laughs> this mellow tone voice. And everything I, is so just you're like. You're absolutely right. You know, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to, I'm making some bullets in the, uh, <laughs> making bullets, we're going to kill all the zombies. That's, Man, that's exactly the way he talks. You talk. know, it, college football without Mike Leach is like peanut butter without the jelly. I agree. <laughs> it is. The ghosts are fashionable. Ham without the burger. The, the, fa- the ghosts are fashionable. Maybe they'll overtake the zombies. Ask for it without Simpson. You know? What? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> I didn't get that last one. I didn't one. get that either. What? Ashford and Simpson. The, oh, the, 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 the Marge? Yeah. No. no. No, not over. Yeah. Oh. Bundy without Peggy. Oh, That's like college football without Mike Leach. I mean, I agree. Can we just get a day where Mike Leach makes the college playoff? It won't happen. Oh, it my will never goodness. Happen. That would be so oh, They do that joint press conference with all four coaches sitting up there, and then you got Mike Leach. It's never going to happen. What is going to happen is the college football playoff rankings will be revealed for the first time tonight. We gave ours two hours ago. We'll get back into that when we come back because, Derek Mason, what day is today? Top four Tuesday. Tacos optional. Back after this. (laughs) 